For Cybercrime Radio, I'm Heather Engel. Today I'm talking with James Blake. James is an entrepreneur and owner of a digital marketing agency whose online identity was used extensively in catfishing scams. With complex profiles and multiple victims reporting they were dating him and had sent him money, James wanted to find out more about what was happening and how to stop his profile pictures from being used in these scams. The result is the recent BBC documentary, Hunting the Catfish Crime Gang. James, welcome to the podcast. Pleasure to be on. Can you start by telling us what happened and how you became aware that your profile was being used without your permission? Yeah, absolutely. So it began around 2021. I came across a couple of fake profiles by chance. It was actually one of my staff pointed it out to me and said, hey, James, did you just follow me from a new Instagram account? Obviously, that was unknown to me. So I thought, no, that's kind of weird. Checked it out and it was a fake profile. But to be honest, at that point, there were very few of them that it was a little bit of a joke. It was quite humorous. To be honest, it was quite flattering that somebody was impersonating me online and we had a bit of a laugh about it. Didn't think much of it. Kind of thought that this must be a kid messing around in their bedroom or something like that. But slowly but surely, it sort of transitioned from a couple of profiles to 10, 20, 30, and then eventually it snowballed into hundreds of fake profiles and these started to come out of the woodwork left, right and center. You know, it got to the point where over a period of time, I went from seeing the odd profile to seeing maybe 10 to 15 per day. And I was getting messages from in particularly women all across the world who had been chatting to fake profiles on dating apps, fake social media accounts. And unfortunately, it then progressed to the point where Women were messaging me saying that they had given the fake profiles money for investment or given them money to help them with something and then effectively had been scammed by these profiles pretending to be me. So when you say that you were identifying 15 to 20 a day, how were you doing that? They literally just kept popping up. I was able to do searches, you know, being in the industry that I am, I'm very tech savvy. So I was able to do Google searches image searches. I was able to do a lot of different things. And also I was getting so many direct messages every day from people all around the world that the profiles were just kind of being dropped on my doorstep. So yeah, there was a mixture of me looking for them and people sending me them. And so you decided that you were going to meet some of these victims in person as part of this documentary for the BBC. Why did you decide to do that? And how were those interactions? The documentary came around because effectively I had done everything I could to try and stop the fake profiles. So I had reported the accounts. I'd asked my following base to report the accounts. I'd even got my publicist to do some media around it. And that actually caught the eye of the production company who then approached me about the documentary. And it got commissioned then with BBC here in the UK. So we then decided to go on that journey of what's actually happening with these fake profiles How can we raise awareness of this and actually meeting some of the victims who had been speaking to fake profiles of me? So during the documentary, you'll see that I meet a couple of ladies that are actually based in the US who thought they were speaking to me. And I met a lady in person in the UK who had lost over 30,000 pounds and whatever that is in dollars through a fake profile pretending to be me as well. And it was pretty surreal experience, to be honest, because I got so used to getting all of these direct messages every day that I wouldn't say you become completely numb to it because it is quite emotional when you read them. But because it was so repetitive and there were so many of them, 
it just became like a daily occurrence and a normal thing that I was getting used to seeing. But then whenever you actually sort of communicate with these individuals properly and do Zoom calls with them or meet them in person, you really start to feel, oh my God, there's a human that's seriously impacted by this behind it. And it was a really kind of horrible, surreal feeling. Did they tend to use your name specifically or were there a variety of names being attached to your photo? Yeah, so they did use my name in countries that maybe I wouldn't be so well known. So for example, in the UK, they didn't really do an awful lot using my name. I think just because I would have a fairly solid following in the UK online just for my social media and for business. So I think that they used my name a lot in other countries like the US, like Europe and things like that. And then they had pseudonyms for profiles they would use in the UK. I noticed that could have been any random combination of my names mixed up or they would just go with a completely different standalone name, but use all of my content. And they would even use the content of my marketing company, our logo. One of them even went as far as creating a Telegram group where eventually they had over 1,200 members who thought they were investing and they used my name and my company name in that group. And thankfully, when we done the documentary, we managed to get the Telegram group taken down. But that group was available for maybe six months to a year. So God knows how many people lost money through that. So it's pretty intense, to be honest. Yeah. When you say a Telegram group, can you talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Yeah. So to give you guys an idea of the structure from what I've seen, the way these guys work is they, first of all, build rapport with mainly women on dating apps. They then have the fake social media accounts for social proof to make them look like they're a genuine person. They start building a little bit of rapport on the dating apps. The girls then ask the guy, well, can I see your social media, which is fair enough. They then bring them onto the social media. They have it all set up. It looks legit, it has followers, it has likes, it has hundreds of pieces of my content. And then they communicate with them using a mixture of the dating app, the social media, and things like WhatsApp. And then eventually they start to talk about the financial stuff. You know, by the way, I help with investments. I can get you a Lamborghini. I can get you the life of your dreams. Um, all you need to do is invest with me. I love you. I want to make you rich as well. I'm going to help you do that. And then it seems that they bring them onto Telegram because it's more encrypted, harder to track. And that's where a lot of the actual financial loss happens is on the Telegram app, which listeners may or may not know is essentially another version of WhatsApp, but a lot more secure. So cyber crimes like this one seem to be very difficult to solve. It seems nearly impossible to stop someone from using your identity, especially if you have a public profile like you do. What made you decide to try to track down the scammers and in the process create the documentary? I think, to be honest, for me, it became a case of it's really the only thing that I could attempt to do at this point to try and get this to stop because I had tried everything else. You know, I had tried reporting, I tried other people reporting, I tried using the media, I tried so many things to alert people to this that I think the last real option was to actually do something a bit more grandiose than that. And that was obviously the opportunity with the documentary that came along. So yeah, we dived into that and we went on that journey. And throughout that process, 
I met lots of people that have been victims to this. I learned more about what way it's conducted, the people that are behind the scamming as well, and just basically educated myself on it, but through that process also educated other people. So your documentary took you around the world, and I think many listeners would be surprised to hear how sophisticated these scams are. You just mentioned a little bit about that. Can you tell us more about what you found on your travels and some things that maybe surprised you? Yeah. So initially, whenever I began investigating and having these conversations and meeting people, initially, I was under the illusion that the vast majority of these scammers, well, in fact, all of these scammers are just evil people. They want the scam and things like that. And it transgressed very quickly that actually the people that are behind these scams, a lot of them are actually victims themselves. And they're victims of things like human trafficking. They are held against their will and forced to scam people, which absolutely blew my mind. And I think based on the feedback from the documentary, a lot of people felt the same way. They had no idea that behind these fake profiles was potentially a human trafficking victim who would be electrocuted and beaten up if they did not scam. So that was a massive thing for me. In fact, extremely eye-opening and I nearly actually say quite a life-changing thing because I had zero awareness of that. And I also learned how intricate and professional these scammers are and that they are the furthest thing away possible from a kid in his bedroom doing this. These guys are operating out of multi-million pound setups, compounds that look like office buildings that you would see in New York City. They are operating on huge levels, generating billions and billions of dollars. Like this is not a small operation. So I really learned about how professional these guys are, how good they actually are at what they do, unfortunately, and all the strategies that they use things like building rapport, love bombing, how they can really convince people that they are the real deal before they scam them. You know, it's a horrible crime. They take a lot of these transactions off the financial side through cryptocurrency, which is more difficult to track and trace. And it's just a really, really horrible crime with layers and layers of victims that I wasn't really aware of before I went on that journey. So anyone who frequents online dating sites can probably name at least one instance of matching with a scammer, more likely multiple. Based on what you know now, what are some red flags or things that you would advise listeners to look for? Yeah, I definitely think if you're using dating apps, you need to be careful. For example, one of the things that cropped up during the documentary making process was a lady I spoke to who was in South America she had been speaking to somebody on Tinder who was pretending to be me. And the profile actually had a verified blue tick, which meant they had passed verification somehow on Tinder. So, you know, a lot of us would assume when we see a blue tick and it's verified by the platform that it's a legitimate profile, but that's not always the case. So I would always still be quite alert to that. And things that I've sort of seen would be things like, Looking at the language that they're using in the likes of their bio, does it look like it's been translated into another language and it's not maybe fully accurate? Looking for social links to other social media platforms. And a big thing that I found a lot of these fake profiles didn't have, which I think most of us would have with our legitimate profiles, is tagged pictures and images of us tagged with our friends, with our families, things like that. 
that you can just look into and say, okay, well, look, this person's legit. Here they are with their family. I'm able to view their family members' profiles, et cetera, et cetera. But even after that, these guys are very sophisticated and it wouldn't surprise me if they're also aware of this and creating these profiles and stuff as well. So you just need to be super careful. And you know, if anybody has watched the documentary or seen any clips, you will have noticed that there's a scene in the documentary where in the scam compound, a guy doesn't believe that the profile is a real woman. So the scammer actually passes the phone to a lady in the compound who is also held there against her will. And she's actually the lady that's in the pictures. So they're actually using a real person for this profile specifically. She jumps on a video call for five, 10 seconds, proves that she's really there and passes the phone back to the scammer to continue what he's doing. So you just really need to be very, very alert because these guys are very good and you need to just double check, triple check that everything checks out with them. And, you know, do not under any circumstances hand over any kind of monetary value. At the end of the day, nobody really should be asking you for any kind of money on a dating app or anyone that you don't know should never be asking you for money either. And so to flip that around, what advice would you give for someone who's in your situation where you find out that your photos are being used online to make these fake profiles? What are some things that you could do in that situation? I think it's important to raise awareness first and foremost, because the more awareness you can raise, the more chance there is of preventing somebody being scammed. I find that for my profile becoming larger in the UK after doing the documentary, I've definitely noticed there's been a massive slowdown in messages from people coming through and people that have watched it and things like that have said, oh, I'm so glad that I came across you and all of that kind of stuff because I was chatting to a fake profile. So I think that just raising awareness in whatever way you can is important. And, you know, obviously not everybody's going to create a documentary, but that's not to say you can't create some content for social media just to say, look, there's fake profiles going to buy. I just wanted to share this, pin it to your profile, you know, make sure that it's easy to find. And that if somebody does come across your legitimate profile, there's some form of proof there. And I think just keep sharing awareness around it. I think this is the kind of thing that really we need to stop at the bud. It's not as if, for example, we can just let this go out of control and stop it further down the line. I think that we need to slow it at sort of the source. And the source is the people who are getting their images stolen and the likes of the dating apps and the social media platforms. So I think just educating people on what's going on goes a hell of a long way and hopefully will prevent people being scammed. In closing, James, is there anything else you'd like to add? Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you're doing now? Yeah, so now I think Having said what I said, there is a silver lining to everything. And I think, you know, for me, through this process, I learned a hell of a lot. I managed to educate a lot of people on what's going on in places like Myanmar and these other countries that have these compounds in them that have the forced scamming going on. And I also would like to highlight that it's not all doom and gloom. You know, there is NGOs that are working globally to try and combat this. You know, IJM, for example, that feature in the documentary are doing incredible work worldwide. And I'm actually still helping support them now because I just think they're doing such great work. And, you know, for me personally, it has completely launched a whole new career for me. The documentary was a huge success, which now has led to me actually going into development for more documentaries for BBC, who are an absolute powerhouse when it comes to media, which is just fantastic because I genuinely really love 
being able to educate people on what's going on in the world. So, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. And I think that this has just been a huge learning experience for me and a huge, you know, learning experience for anybody that will be able to read about it or check it out. Well, James, thank you very much for talking with us today. No worries at all. It's my pleasure. We've been talking with James Blake about his recent documentary, Hunting the Catfish Crime Gang on the BBC. For Cybercrime Radio, I'm Heather Engel.